Hey, babe. Yes? Do you come here often? <laughs> Not lately. <laughs> Not for the summer, at least. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a couple of months, I think. Consistency is not our strong suit. Welcome to Love Uncovered, a podcast that pulls back the sheets to look at love from different angles. I'm Robin Wilson, and together with my partner, Phil, we're going to chat about some various themes around love today. How you doing, Phil? I'm doing pretty darn good. Dang. Mm-hmm. Pretty good for a guy who is looking the end of summer right in the face. It's true. And we're both getting over a cold, so that's not... Are we, though? Are we really getting over this damn thing? <sighs> it just doesn't end. So if you hear some, like, sniffling or coughing throughout this podcast... It's disgusting, and I apologize in advance. I don't. That's life. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> you know, before we get into like our topic for today, I just kind of want to bring up, I was scrolling through Twitter right before we started recording, so you have no idea what I'm about to talk about. Oh, no. But I saw someone tweet, uh, and I think it's worth a quick discussion. Easy things to ask on a first date that tell you whether a girl is worth a deeper investment. Wow. Her relationship with her father, her sexual past, her views on children, her attitude towards men, and her ability to cook slash clean slash domestic duties. All can easily be woven into a first date conversation. Is that is that like, I don't know, if you're a woman and you're like, this guy wants to know about my cleaning duties and how good I am. I mean, are you even finishing that date? Yeah, exactly. Like, look, I mean, you're good looking and you seem like a decent person and all that kind of stuff and mentally stable. But how's your dishwashing skills? Because that's what I want to know. <laughs> bye bye, guy. Exactly. <laughs> and that's kind of how this tweet came into my timeline because someone else retweeted it and said, easy things to tell whether or not a guy is a fucking douche and not deserving at all of a second date. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes it, that, that article makes it sound like, um, you know, you're doing this woman a favor by, uh, you know, giving her a chance. It is doing me a favor to tell me that I do not need to waste another second of my time on this guy. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you, guy. <laughs> <laughs> so we took a couple months off here. Um, let's say on purpose. But, sure. But, Really, it was just summer in Edmonton is very busy. There's a lot of festivals. We do a lot of stuff. We have a lot of fun. We drink a lot of beer outside. Uh, and you know what? Sitting inside and podcasting just kind of takes a backseat for a little while. But the weather sucks now. So here we are. We're back. <laughs> and in the meantime, uh, since our last episode, you started a brand new job, Fancy Pants. I did get a new job. It's my first job post-graduation. So I'm collecting a paycheck for the first time in six years. And that's pretty great. I might love that. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> Paychecks are good. It is good. But you know what? Everything else is really good, too. It's just I'm so excited to be working in the field that I've graduated from. I have a degree in. And it's my first job where I feel super passionate about it. And I love going in every day. And I love my coworkers. And I love my environment that I'm working in. It's just I'm having a really, really wonderful time. That's good. That's why you go back to school and do something, you know, especially when you're a little bit older and you decide to go back to school. You're not doing I'm sorry, it because... sorry, when I'm a little bit what now? I mean, older than babies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing that I've noticed as I'm sort of in my first month, I've just finished my first month in my new job, 
And I'm so excited to show up every day. I'm like early for work and, you know, I'm all set up and I'm really excited. And everyone else has been there a little bit longer and maybe the enthusiasm is not as strong as mine is. And it got me thinking that's a lot like relationships. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of thought that would be a good topic for our podcast today is sort of the stages that relationships go through. So when you're entering a new relationship and you meet someone, the first stage that you generally go through, like me with my new job, is really exciting. And in a relationship, it's the infatuation phase. So that phase is where you're really consumed by one another. You're super excited to see each other. Your relationship is all that you can think about. You can't wait to see each other. And when you do, you can't keep your hands off of each other. This is often known as the lust phase. Ooh, mm, sexy. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the phase where, I mean, everything in your life is just about the next time you get to see that person and hang out with that person and, and do something or talk to them or whatever. And every time you're not together, you're just thinking about like, oh, what are we going to do tonight? What are we going to do later? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything just, everything else seems to kind of take a back seat to um, spending more time with this person new person that you met, right? It's kind it's of a, true. it's a lot of fun for it sure. It is fun. I remember when we first started dating, we talked on the phone a lot and we were chatting on the phone as you were watching a hockey game on TV. And you just got really excited that you said, stay where you are. As soon as the intermission hits, I'm going to come over and pick you up and, and take you back to my place. And that's what you did. And we, we had, had it timed out. We could get from your place to my place and back in exactly the intermission time frame between a hockey game. Yeah. I mean, not exactly a uh, legally expect, uh, acceptable <laughs> speed limit kind of thing we're doing there. But uh, I mean, we made it work. No one died. <laughs> but that's... When it's new, right? You're like, I, I don't care. Anything I got to do to spend more time together, then you know what? If I got to run across town really quickly and uh, pick you up it's just so we can hang out and watch a hockey game that you had no interest in, <laughs> then that's what we're going to do. Exactly. It was totally worth it. Yeah. And even though I had no interest in hockey, I had an interest in you. And so I was willing to sit through it because we could cuddle on the couch together or we could squeeze into a single chair and, and cuddle with each other while we watched a hockey game. That's right. I, I kind of miss that chair, actually. We used to have this big, I don't even know what you call it, so kind of a chaise or something, but it was like a mega size one. And it, it fit two people. Um Comfortably, yeah. I guess, sort Some of. people who are willing to cuddle. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, it's not, it was roomy enough for two of us to get in. And we did that quite often. We'd, you know, most of our evenings we'd spend uh, both of us in that, in that chair. Yeah. Just kind of, it's interesting, right? Because that's, that's what you do when you're brand new. You always want to be together. You always want to sit as close to each other as you can <laughs> exactly. get. And like, it's funny though. It's like, that's just such a big thing when you're new. It is. Um, what are some of the pros of the infatuation stage of a relationship. It's exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're learning about all these things that, um, you know, about this new person that you didn't know and you're excited to find out. And, and there is lots to learn. I mean, that's really what it comes down to is that you don't know everything. It's exciting because every time you have a conversation with that person, you're learning something you had no idea about and you're hoping that you like <laughs> what you're learning hopefully uh but yeah i mean that's that's always fun right when it's uh everything's brand new it's true and in that stage there's a lot of passion again because it's the newness so some people may be having a lot of sex in that stage but regardless of whether there's sex or not within sort of the early stages of a relationship there's a lot of passion like i remember when we first started dating uh, for the first little while in our relationship 
you could not keep your hands off my boobs. What? And frankly, I could not wait to show you my boobs and get your hands all over them. So (laughs) (laughs) that's a pro, I think, for the infatuation stage is you have sort of that fun and that passion. Sure. You're you're doing things that, you know, if somebody was seeing you do or you're like, ooh, this this would be inappropriate. Like, you know, things that (laughs) things that you do when you're walking around Ikea and you don't realize there's a camera on you. Oh, no. Um, (laughs) We're not going to go too deep into that, but sorry, Ikea. (laughs) <laughs> something about the poang that just does it for us <laughs> that's the name of a chair yeah yeah that was a poang <laughs> but it's not all um rainbows and puppy dogs in the beginning stages of a relationship there are some cons sort of involved with that infatuation stage as well like what um well i mean for me because i'm such a debbie downer that stage almost allows us to overlook some potential warning signs in a relationship. So if someone's maybe a little controlling or a little jealous, it's easy to overlook that because you're focusing on all the happy parts. I think most of us probably have a situation in our past where we've done that and, and said, well, how did I not notice that yeah. before? But we were just having fun, right? It's true. You know what? The other One of the other things that is probably a con, but not as much for you or me, but it's the people around us. It's very annoying when you're around people that are brand new and they're like smoochy, smoochy and coming up with dumbass names for each other that are just irritating. You're like, oh my God, you two make me sick. Just go away. <laughs> That's probably irritating for your friends. That might be, yeah. That Your friends might see that as a con for sure. Yeah. And also the <laughs> fact that you probably stop hanging out with or calling your friends anymore because you're all about this other person. Exactly. Like you forget all these other people in your life. You start to neglect a little bit of what's going on around you. Sure. Just to spend all of your time with this new... I think new. Your, your true friends understand that, though. I think so. Yeah. And, you know, along with these stages, you can almost track the progression of a relationship through the firsts that you're experiencing as you go through a relationship. So in the infatuation phase, I mean, you have your first kiss. Mm-hmm. Some people could experience their first sexual encounter with that partner. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly your first I love you. Possibly. I think that could probably fit in the infatuation stage. Yeah, sometimes. Um, What other kind of first? Like the first overnight stay at someone's house, I think, is a big one. And then, you know, once you start to move out of that infatuation phase, you've gone through all those firsts, those sexy time firsts. (laughs) The second stage of a relationship, you're starting to move into what's called the intimacy phase. So intimacy is where you're forming a deeper connection with your partner. You're bonding over some shared experiences. Your relationship becomes more meaningful to you. And, you know, one of the one of the downsides of that is that there's a bit of a loss of that playfulness because there's more drudgery of you're settling into everyday life. Yeah, no, that's true. I think that's true of everything really in life, though, isn't it? Because, um, you know... When you start um, being comfortable with somebody and you start knowing things about somebody, um, you're not learning as many new things. Like every day doesn't have these complete surprises. That's natural, I think. There's nothing wrong with that. No, I don't think so at all. But I think, you know, the bonus is that it does come with that deeper connection that that to Mm -hmm. me seems more authentic. Um, It's more, uh, you know, you're not trying to impress somebody with everything you do you're trying to be more yourself right um, and you actually give a shit about what happens with that other person rather than it being all about you and your enjoyment of this other person mm-hmm. and your enjoyment of of learning about this other person that to me the beginning stage seems very much about you 
And then in that second stage of intimacy, um, you start, you start caring about deeper things about the other person rather than just, are they here? Are they here to entertain me? Right. Are they here to be fun? You kind of start looking at things in terms of the, the pair, the couple. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. You care when they're sad uh, and, and a lot deeper because you know them more, right? You, right. you care what happens to them. You, you know, every aspect becomes uh, a little deeper yeah. and more authentic rather than just the fun aspect. It's true. And I think that, you know, sort of talking about the firsts that follow this progression of relationship to sort of go through with being with that authentically you, some of the firsts you might experience in the intimacy phase is like farting in front of each other for the first time. No, that's the infatuation stage. (laughs) Well, for us it was. (laughs) You fart all the damn time. What? (laughs) It might be the first time you, like I as a woman, don't wear makeup in front of my partner because I'm starting to feel comfortable showing you who I am. I'm not trying to put on that fake face sort of. Yeah. But it also follows a lot of sort of with that shared experience and learning and growing with each other. It could be the first time you have conflict. Mm-hmm. The, your first fight might be in the intimacy phase. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be the first time. I know for me, I started gaining a lot of weight, as I like to call happy fat, because I was happy in our relationship and I wasn't so concerned with, you know, being super thin because I was starting to feel comfortable with our relationship the way that it was going. Well, I think I, I put on some weight too. Like, we, we, you know, that's natural, I think, when you, when you have a shared passion for good food as well. And now you have someone to go and experience all these things with. So you start going out and doing more things and eating more interesting things. And, and of course, that comes with some added pounds. What can you do? Exactly. <laughs> you know, a couple, when I was trying to think of, you know, what did our intimacy phase look like? And I mean, there's no time limit on these phases. And I think intimacy can last a really long time. Because for the first few years of a relationship, you're learning new things, you're having new experiences, you're traveling together, you're starting new jobs, you're doing all of these new things that you haven't done as a couple before. So I think this phase can last a really long time. Right. And I mean, one of the things that we discussed was traveling together because that's a real learning experience. I know now, which I learned in that intimacy phase, you need an aisle seat because you're claustrophobic. And so I learned sort of how I need to care for you when we're on a flight. Right. And I learned that uh, I need to keep you away from birds. Yes, you did. (laughs) Yes, you did. I think I drew blood when we were holding hands and a flock of birds flew overhead. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I know I've had some um, epic hand squeezes in my day for sure. It's true. Not about that. No, but I think that that comes with it. And with that intimacy, like I go back to you actually give a shit about somebody. You actually... Instead of, you know, making jokes about stuff, you actively want to make the situation better for somebody now because this is somebody you actually care about more mm-hmm. than just are, uh, are happy to have some fun with. Mm-hmm. You also have a catalog of inside jokes, which is one of my favorite things you just make inherently at this point, right? That's like, right. I, you I start love it. developing those learned experiences. And the intimacy part of that, to me, is that, is that really... You have that with nobody else. These are things that you share with that one person and that one person only. And you don't have that joke with anyone else. It makes no sense outside of the, your relationship. <laughs> it's true. But to the two of you, it's awesome. Like yeah. It almost goes unsaid. Like you can, We have a lot of things where somebody else might say something and we'll just look at each other because there's an inside joke we have about it and we start laughing and like everyone's looking at us like we're morons. But, <laughs> you know, that's we have this now. Like we just get it. And exactly. It's, it's, I love that. 
But intimacy phase isn't all. How, how come I'm always introing the shit parts of these? <laughs> I don't know how I drew that straw. But anyway. I, I find it this way. <laughs> there's some cons. You know, we're making it sound all wonderful, and it is. But it's there's some some bad parts that go along with it. And one of them is that, as I said, you're losing a bit of that playfulness. You're going through your day-to-day drudgery. Mm-hmm. There's often you start to see less sex in the relationship because you sort of lose that newness sure. to it. Yeah. I mean, the things you found exciting before get kind of replaced by things that you could look at in one way and say it's, um, you know, a little bit more routine. Exactly. More routine. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, you know, I think a lot of people like to look at that as a negative, but I don't necessarily look at it as a negative. That tends to be a positive for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like the, the infatuation stage. It's fun. It's interesting, but I'm also happy when it's over. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy to get into that routine where you like, you know, you start to build a, a little bit of a deeper connection and bond with somebody that isn't kind of frivolous, I guess. Yeah, it's true. But I mean, some parts of it, do, it, you know, there is a loss there. Sure. Because I mean, going back to when we were new and I was always flashing you my boobs and you're always grabbing my boobs. I think in the intimacy phase, it was like, you were still always grabbing my boobs. And I was like, okay, enough already. Like, get over it. They're just boobs. <laughs> uh, just. Also, this is the most I've ever heard the word boobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and I mean, I think that's natural. That's normal. It's like, okay, let, let's move on from this now. Yeah. You're definitely not having that like as many times where it's kind of the random, you know, you're walking through the mall and. And you grab my ass or something, right? <laughs> you know, uh, you just don't do that as much. But um, yeah, I mean, I think part of having a long-lasting relationship might just be to kind of try and rekindle a little bit of that, at least totally. to keep it going. Um, you know, you don't have to pretend like you're brand new and everything, but you know, sometimes it's nice to kind of remember that uh, some of the fun parts that you used to do. Every time we go back to San Diego, I know that we always revisit the same spot that we went on our first trip together there. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's it's sort of rekindling that that feeling of how wonderful it felt to be on this trip with this new man who was so lovely and who I already had loved so much and made me so happy. And so I always make sure that we go and we sit on the same bench and we look at the same view and and we just sort of have that moment of, oh yeah, remember, remember when it was mm-hmm. new and fun and well and great. You, you can't go back to that stage but you can kind of um relive it again i guess through memories when you totally. when you end up somewhere where you where you had that stage and it's that's it's like what you're saying with developing sort of that inside knowledge having those pieces in a relationship now that's you're sharing with someone else yeah for sure and as you're in a long-term relationship you will again invariably pass on to another stage of relationships and generally in long-term relationships, every relationship falls into what's called companionate love. So companionate love is when the relationship is committed and durable and enduring. So you've settled into common interests, you have a deep trust in each other and you move your lives forward in a common direction. For me, companionate love is really about being a team. Exactly. Team is the word I like too. Yeah. Like if you go back to sort of our first episode where we talked about our favorite TV couples, for me, it's Tammy and Coach because they are a team in every sense of the word. They are a partnership that will 
last. When you get to that stage, there's a comfort level with that other person that you can you can kind of tell them anything, you can ask them anything. They you're not worried anymore about trying to impress. You know, you've already done that. These you're together this long now. You're a team. And the nice part about that is that you have this one person now that you know that you can always count on. They're always there for you. They always have your back. Um, there's no questioning that, or there shouldn't be by the time you get to that stage. Like, I, I mean, for us personally, I always know, no matter what's going on, no matter what happens, I know that I've got one person at home that 100% slam dunk is always in my corner. I don't have to question that. I don't have to worry what you think about uh, what I'm doing. I, even if you disagree with me, you'll say it, but you still support me. Yeah. And so that's important because you, you want that comfort level and to know, like, um, you know, this person, it's not like in the first stage where if you find out something you don't like about somebody, it's pretty easy to just cut your losses and run. Exactly, because you haven't developed anything yet. Yeah, and you're committed to each other at this point. So you, even if you develop a problem, you work through it. And you know that uh, the other person wants to make it work as well because they wouldn't be here this long if they didn't. Exactly. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that idea. It's, it's about having sort of a mutual respect for each other. Right. You've gone through that infatuation. You've built those shared memories. You've learned and grown together. You've experienced conflict. And from all of that, there's a deep respect and a deep trust, which is sort of goes back to what you said. You know that you can screw up. You can maybe say something objectionable or you can have a fight and know that you're going to work through it because this person has your back. Yeah, exactly. You, you know that that you're there for each other and you're going to work through whatever comes your way. Yeah. To me, like the, the whole trust issue is a big thing because I I don't think that you're looking to go <laughs> go find something better. You're not ditching me when you see somebody cuter than me. Right. You know, it's just not, that's not happening. Right. We've got way more going for for ourselves as a, in a relationship than than surface stuff. You know, and one thing that I think we can say about our relationship, it hasn't always been smooth sailing. We haven't had a perfect conflict-free relationship. We've gone through a lot of changes, you and I personally, where, I mean, when we started dating, you were very much an introvert, which I am. And that changed somehow. And all of a sudden you liked really going out and meeting new people and having a really active social life. And that was difficult for me to sort of meet you in that because that's not who I am. And it was rough. And so we had to navigate our way through that. And it was the same when I went back to school and I became very social justice oriented. And you would say something in a joke that I now found offensive. And you sort of had to navigate your way around what what is correct yeah. and what is funny now, but not in an offensive way. Yeah. I mean, jokes that we might have made five or six or 10 years ago or whatever, now, you know, you especially will not find them and you'll say something <laughs> about it. And then I'll reevaluate what I'm saying and maybe maybe I'll agree with you and maybe I'll change and the way not. I talk. Yeah. And maybe maybe I'll roll my eyes and go, oh, God. <laughs> Feminist killjoy. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how you, you, know, you learn. Like, I think it's really important when when people change in a relationship over, you know, decades, um, it can't just be one person changing the other person to stay in the same, you know, if you want to make it work, um, over decades, people are going to change. Their attitudes are going to change. Their ideas are going to change. Their, their almost everything is probably going to change mm-hmm. in some way. Right. And if you're not changing with that person or at least trying to, or showing some interest in what, what is different and new about them, 
um, you know, you're just going to grow further and further apart. Yeah. So, I mean, we both changed quite drastically in, in the ways that you describe. I mean, you're partially to, to blame for the way that I've changed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, when we got together, you, you know, your constant support and just the way that our relationship was gave me a lot of confidence and has been a, a way that I've been able to change from being, you know, not really someone who shared an opinion or contributed to conversations or put myself out there at all. And uh, when you showed confidence in me, it gave me confidence. And now, I, uh, now I'm not really too worried about putting myself out there a little bit. So that's, I mean, you're to blame for most of this. <laughs> I will take that blame. <laughs> <laughs> and going back to the first that you can experience in different stages of the relationship, you know, it's hard to think of a first that you might experience relationship-wise in the companionate phase. But I think for us, anyway, we experienced couples therapy for the first time while in the companionate phase. Yeah, I would say that's true. I mean, you know, all these changes is not, I think like people like to pretend like it's easy to deal with stuff, but it's, it's not. And sometimes you need to, it's not a bad thing to have somebody to talk to and say, you know, here's what's going on. Like, give us some tips to try and figure out how to get back on the same page again. Exactly. So, I mean, I think that's, and that's a powerful first Mm -hmm. that only comes with that comfort and that trust and that respect in each other that you can say, things aren't working for me. I am not happy. We need to figure out how to get back on the same page and ask for help. Sure. I mean, it's just not easy to deal with so many changes. And we, I don't know if everyone has as many as we had, but like (laughs) we, we had fairly drastic changes in the way that we operated and. Um, a lot of people, I mean, that those drastic changes might've, might've split them apart. Might've, yeah. Um, but that, again, it comes back to that, uh, companionate love stage that you're referencing is like, you know, you know, somebody's got your back and, and both of us want to make it work. We, you know, we're, we're not looking to cut and run because things got a little hard for a little while. Yeah. Um, if you really care about the other person and you care about most of the things and there's a couple things that are going a little sideways, well, those are fi- that's fixable stuff, right? Exactly. You just got to want to fix it. Yeah. So, and we did. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, sometimes uh, even like wet, uh, marriage therapy is just sometimes as simple as somebody giving you a different way to look at something that exactly. you haven't thought of before because you can get so um, railroaded in the way that you're thinking about an issue and it, it becomes hard to see things... Uh, from another perspective anymore. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, why don't you talk about what some of the cons are in the companionate phase? Oh, I think the biggest one is an easy one for me. It's uh, you can definitely have a a tendency to take people for granted. It's true. Because everything's comfortable. You know, you don't, you don't come home. You don't, you know, do your hair and get cleaned up on a Sunday afternoon when you get up to look good for the other person anymore. You throw on your grubby sweats and your gravy stained t-shirt and you plunk down on the couch and want and watch Netflix eating Doritos. And just to say this <laughs> just, example is coming from, we're recording this on a Sunday afternoon, both of us in pajamas, neither of us having combed our hair yet today. <laughs> Shh, I was going to pretend it was a random example. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're all about authenticity. There you go. Authenticity. <laughs> it's kind of nice to hear you know, somebody say they love you or do something um, selfless for you or, right. you know, just, just do something thoughtful for you or, just because. you know, it's just easy to, it's easy to be lazy when you've been together a long time. And I think that's, it's key to kind of uh, try to remember how nice it feels um, true. To, to be told these kind of things. It is nice to be told. I love you, honey. 
I love you too. <laughs> well, we just lost our listeners. <laughs> You know, another thing that I think is probably the most common complaint from people in a companionate love stage is that really there's a significant decrease in your sex life. Well, I think that's that's understandable, though, right? I mean, I don't look at it as a decrease. I look at it as a, a sharp increase at the beginning. That's a great way to think about it. I love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> way to reframe it. Yes. <laughs> Make a positive out of a negative. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's wonderful. I just in case I haven't said boobs enough. Boobs. In this podcast, the other day I was trying to fit for a bra. I was trying to figure out the bra that's best for me, and there was a chart about sort of your shape of your boobs. And so I called you into the bathroom, flashed you my boobs, and had you look through this list and try and determine which shape my boobs were. It was very clinical and odd. you didn't touch my boobs once well, during I thought that it was, whole I, thing. It, was, it would have been inappropriate at that time. <laughs> and also, it's weird. I felt like I'm in a doctor's office or looking at a chart or something. I'm like, I'm comparing to this chart on your phone. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Welcome to Companionate Love. And there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Where boobs are no longer exciting, just clinical. <laughs> Never thought I would say that. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's normal that a lot of people can look at that, that progression as a loss of romance or that the magic that you had is gone Um, and they can mourn what the relationship used to be rather than appreciate what the relationship has grown to become, which I think is something that you and I have done in our relationship. We, We really appreciate what we have with each other, even if it's completely different than what it was in the beginning. I think that's a great way of saying it, actually. It's, uh, you know, instead of looking at the things that you miss, uh, how about how about trying to put a little more focus on the things that are great? Exactly. Because I think, I don't know, maybe has, has it got something to do with, like, if, if you really love the beginning stages of a relationship, the excitement of it, um, and you don't like so much the routine and, the, and what could be considered boring later on. Right. I don't know. Like, are you never going to be in a long-term relationship then, right? Mm-hmm. Like, in, if you don't, if you can't find the value in the good things that happen later on that you only get from being in a long-term relationship, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, you'll never be in one. You'll never, I don't know. I'm not interested in that. I, I love true. the stuff in a longer relationship. I love the stuff that we have going on right now. Me too. I, I would miss that. And I would really, I would probably miss that more then I miss the beginning stage of the relationship. I, I agree, which is why we're still in this relationship, I think, 18 years later. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I get that some people just sort of really enjoy that excitement. They like the adrenaline rush of a new relationship, and that's all that they're experiencing. But I agree with you. It's, it's sad because there's so much more that may on the outside look boring or, you know, Less exciting, which is another way to say boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends what you find boring, right? Exactly. But there's so much more under that surface that you're experiencing mm-hmm. that just from the outside, some people may never understand. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think some people find you know the PDA kind of love um, to be the exciting part and everything, but I, I way prefer the more subtle but deeper connection. Right. So for me, I'm in the stage I want to be in right now. (laughs) 
Me I too. <laughs> I don't know if we can uh, really go any further with that. Oh, man. I think we just need to put these microphones down and go make out. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that it sort of brings me to my last point that I'm going to make. That loss of passion and the decreased sex can be a real issue for some people in a relationship. Understandably so. I mean, to be completely honest, we're both okay with it. Like, we're at a stage where we don't need a whole lot of sex. Well, we're, we're similar sex drives, I think, now, and that's the key. It's not how much, is are, it's more, are you on the same page? Right. And, like, if you, if you are someone who has a really low sex drive and you're married to someone who has an extremely high sex drive, that's going to be a problem. It can be a problem, but I think along with being concerned that your sex drive is falling off, I think a lot of that can be handled with communication. And going back to that comfort and that trust and that respect that you've developed over time within your relationship to go to your partner and say, this is something that I'm experiencing. I'm not really happy with what's going on. I would like more sex or I would like less sex or whatever's going on is not the level that I want it to be. And through that communication, I think it can be an opportunity to actually deepen that connection. So you develop your relationship, you deepen the connection, and through that communication, you may be having less sex, but that sex is probably going to be better because you're able to talk to each other and you're able to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. And does comparing boobs to a chart count? <laughs> no, 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 definitely okay. not. We, we definitely need to go have a makeout sex session to uh, make up for that. <laughs> did, uh, did you call it section? Sort of? Makeout section. Yeah. You just made something up there. <laughs> it totally works. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's my cue to sign off. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite stage of the relationship? Do you love those first few fun and exciting weeks or months? Or do you prefer the later years that are as comfortable as an old pair of sweatpants? Let us know at love underscore uncovered on Twitter. Or connect with Robin at Medusa Beth for all your social justice and cat chats. And you can find me at Bacon Hound to chat about food stuff and, you know, fart jokes, whatever. I'm all good. And our catchy theme song is supplied by Our Good Wolf. And you can hear more from them at ourgoodwolf.bandcamp.com. If you like what we do, you can subscribe to Love Uncovered on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere else that you listen to your podcasts. And we'd really appreciate it if you left a review because it does help more people find the show. Thanks a lot. Until next time. Boobs. <laughs>